0: Welcome to section nine where we talk about IT and information security. I'm Damian Hull.
1: And I'm Dorothy.
0: And last episode, we talked about my crazy study plan, which really wasn't a plan. I was trying to study for CISSP and pen testing and a bunch of other things. And that just doesn't work. So this time around, what I want to do is talk about a plan that that will work or is a much better plan for studying. And I'm going to use an example of a SANS course that I took. It was on demand, so I wasn't doing a live course. And uh, this was for the critical security controls. And this is the advanced course. This is for SEC 566. And you're going to get the GCC certification. Uh, and again, this is how you implement the critical security controls. Now, what I was doing at the time uh, is I was going to work early because work had um, the the organization that I was working for was in a building that had a cafeteria. So I'd go early, have coffee, listen to my security podcast, and I'd go to work. When I started studying for the test, uh, I would go early and do my studying and then I would go to work. That way, my study time is taken care of. Even if it's a half hour, uh, it's done. And if I get busy during the day, it's not a big deal because I've already done a half hour of studying. If I miss a day, uh, because I'm trying to do studying every day, it's not a big deal. I've done studying throughout the week. Missing a day is not that big a deal. And then the other thing that I'll do is, and I did it for this one as well, is I will sign up for the test. And I'll do that like for, you know, two months out. I can always change it, but at least it's out there. And that sort of gives me a deadline. I need to have all my studying done within the next couple of months. Now, you don't want to push it out too far because then you're going to be studying forever and you're going to forget things and you're going to get tired, you're going to get burnt out and you're not going to want to study anymore. So, you know... Um, one of the things, and it's kind of a habit for me, is I will get close to the, to the, the test date and I'll realize, yeah, I haven't done enough studying, let's push it out again. You don't want to do that too much because at some point you're going to just give up and never take it. So you want to stay consistent, you want to have that deadline of when you're going to take the test, and then at some point you just have to take it. You can't keep going and going and going and think that, oh, well, I can just keep studying forever because then you'll just never take the test. So at a certain point, I realized I had pushed it out a bit, and then I was like, well, let's just go take it. And lucky for me, I had done enough studying, had all my notes, because for the SAN certifications, they used to, I don't know if they still do this, but they used to let you take your notes with you, so you have to have them all organized. Went in, took the test, and I passed. I don't think it was a great score, but I passed.
1: The thing is, one of the things that you taught me when I took uh, my Windows test was like, Figure out how long you have for the test, the amount of questions, and you know try to figure out if you have enough time and when you did your SANS, um you kind of shared with me that, yeah, they let you take in your notes, but if you don't organize them in a way that you can quickly access whatever it is the question uh, you know ask you, you may run out of time trying to look for the answer in the book so. Um, It it is something to keep in mind.
0: Yes, it is. Now, one thing I want to point out is that I'm using the SANS example here just as an example. Uh, I really like the anti-siphon training because it's affordable. SANS training these days has gotten so expensive that I don't even bother looking at that. It's great. It's a a great way to learn things. Their their instructors are really good, but uh, it was kind of expensive when I took it. And now it's really expensive because they've upped the price tag a bit. And I just I just can't justify paying those kind of prices when I can go to the anti-siphon training and get something similar. Um, and the training's great. And one of the things that I would like to point out, though, is that when I'm doing like my pen testing studying, I need to be able to take what they provide and use that at work. So when I do notes, there's a couple things about notes that I think is really important. For the CISSP... The notes aren't necessarily going to be reused uh, because what I want to do is try to find a way to remember some of the things that are in there. So if I'm listening to something, if I'm reading something, I will take notes for the CISSP, but I'll just take them because that helps me as I write them down. It helps me remember certain things. And then I may try to keep them so I can go back to them and reread them. But typically I just write them down because what I want to do there is remember. And then when you go take a test like the CISSP test, you got to be quick. It's a long test. There's lots of questions, but you need to be quick. If you're not fast enough, you're not going to be quick enough. You, you won't have enough time to finish, right? Time will run out and it'll be it. When I do the studying for pen testing, because I want to use that at work, I'm writing those down in OneNote and I'm organizing them in a way that helps me use them in the real world because I'm going to use them at work. You know, the tools the the methods, the whatever.
1: And doing that, does it help you remember as well the pen testing yeah. that you're learning or
0: yes, because as you write things down, you're gonna remember them. Now, the story is that if you write write things down by hand, you remember them better. But if I'm gonna use them, I use OneNote. So for the CISSP, I have a notebook, I write things down in the notebook. Uh for my pen testing, I just write them into OneNote because I'm going to go back to them constantly and I'm going to be using them after I write all that stuff down. I'm going to look at the tools. I'm going to do some testing. I'm going to play around with things. So I'm going to be doing more than just typing them into OneNote. I may have a lab. I may have a website to go to. I may punch things in there. I may do some basic testing. It may not be um, a huge, you know, lab but if it's a web tool or something like that, I may go to it and
1: play around with it. But, but it's a hands-on tool that can actually give you some practicality to what you're learning.
0: Yes. For for pen testing, you have to do hands-on. There's no other way to learn this stuff than doing hands-on. Whether that's building your own labs. Uh, when you take the anti-siphon training for pen testing, uh, there's a couple of classes they give you. Uh, the one I'm doing is the red team. And then there's intro to pen testing. Those two are the ones I've signed up for uh one is from John Strand he's the one teaching the class and there's another instructor doing the red team exercises a red team uh class but he does have labs so there is a um VMware or not VMware but a virtual machine you download has all the labs in there uh one thing i did notice because i was actually uh watching the videos today there are supposed to be instructions for how to do the labs unfortunately i haven't been able to find them so in the video um uh, the instructor will actually walk you through the lab. So even though I'm missing the instructions, I can walk through the lab with the instructor. Now, I haven't downloaded the VM yet, but I'll do that, and then I can play around with the labs.
1: Um, Have you used anything that you have studied for in the pen testing area at work? Yes. Okay. How how, How did it feel like to... To take it from the study into the actual practicality of it, was it difficult? Was it awkward? How?
0: Well, uh, the pen testing le- the pen testing classes I'm taking now those are recent, so I kind of like I just picked them up. Uh, the red team one I've had it for a little bit, but I haven't had a chance to really watch the videos until recently. Uh, so a lot of the things I'm using in the pen testing side of things are things I've learned in the past. You know, when you take things like um, the incident response course, they have you do pen testing because what they want you to understand is how do the hackers get in? What are some of the things you're going to look for? So you're looking at things like active directory, authentication, services, and how can you possibly break into those things? You know, what kinds of things should you be looking for? Um, That kind of stuff is is are some of the things that that I'm using now. You know, Nmap scans. That's kind of a basic thing that you might learn in a, in a security course. So those are some basic things that I can I can use based on the training I have. And then when I'm looking at the new anti-siphon training that I'm taking now with the red teaming and the intro to to pen testing, those are things that I can use in future. You know, future things that I have to do for work, and they're going to be more specific to the kinds of things that you're going to do in an actual pen test versus the other stuff I did, they're they are teaching you how the hackers get in so you can defend better. You're not really going to be pen testing, but if you know that the hackers are going to look for uh, usernames and passwords, they're going to look for services, they're going to look for saved passwords somewhere, then you can begin to say to yourself, okay, we don't want people saving their passwords in a Word document on a shared whatever because that means that the hackers could potentially find that and use that to, to log into other things. So you're going to put in controls that help you protect certain things. You're going to do two-factor authentication. You're going to do long passphrases. You're going to have people save their passwords in something like LastPass rather than a Word document. That's the so, kind of stuff. So
1: one one part of it is learning the tools and how to use them to penetrate. And the other part of it is identifying how people get in And the vulnerabilities that are available?
0: Correct. Okay. And then the controls that you might want to put in place to make them more secure. Well, and
1: then how to mitigate it, so, yeah. Right.
0: So even though, let's say, for example, incident response is not about hacking, they want you to understand how the hackers get in. So some of that information or knowledge that I got from that course, I can use for other things besides just incident response or protecting the organization. But again, the anti-siphon classes I'm taking now are, are... more specific to pen testing. And so that's going to give me more of the tools and and the methods you're going to use to break into things. Um, So for me, when it comes to uh, the pen testing side, as I said, you want hands-on. On On the CISSP side, one of the things that uh, I kind of do, and this is more sort of cert-oriented, um. For me, what works best is the questions. So I have access to the CISSP questions on my phone. There's an app for that. Um, I'm going to be going through those. And that's generally what I'll focus on. The book is there. I will read that. Um, I have the official book for the CISSP. But then I also have the questions. And I think most of what I'm going to do is spend a little bit of time in the morning going through the questions. And then I'll go to the book every so often we'll see what happens. I may say to myself, gee, these questions are kind of hard. I need to go read the book. And if that happens, it is what it is. I have to find a way to incorporate the book into my study habits. It's a lot because, you know, when you look at some of this technical stuff, especially when you're looking at management type stuff for CISSP studying, the book is kind of, it's not a quick read. It's kind of slow. And dry. (laughs) Yeah. So you have to take these things into consideration when you're studying for these things that, Well, you may think of, uh, uh, oh, I'll just do quick studying and I'll get through this really quickly, you may begin to read the stuff and go, gee, this is going to be tough.
1: Well, and another thing is that using multiple sources, I think, helps you better or gives you a better chance to pass that test. Because I think if you just use one tool and only one tool, you could be limited and, and miss other things.
0: Exactly. So there are some mm-hmm. things online that I may go to, free stuff, YouTube channels, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to have to take a look at some of the things that people are recommending. There is a uh, subreddit for the CISSP where people talk about the, the uh, training material that they're using. And the reason why I'm using the questions and the book is because a lot of people say that that's what they'd used. Now, they may be people who've been doing security for a while, so you have to kind of Pay attention to those kind of things. If it's difficult for you to use the book and the, the questions and you need an actual class, then you need a class, you know, because everybody learns different. So we'll see how this goes. I may need to incorporate other things that people recommend. Again, there are other websites out there. There are other um, free training materials. There may be other things that I can pay for that aren't too expensive. So we'll see what happens.
1: Well, and also going through the questions, it really allows you to, to kind of get into testing mode and, and a little practice on, on how to not hesitate for too long on, on each question, you know, just running through them. is like, it kind of prepares you to, to be, you know, to finish your test on time.
0: Exactly. Cause there is a, there is a timer sometimes when you do the questions. So you're in that, you're in that kind of test format and that helps you. And then you're also getting what I would consider to be the way in which They want you to think because the questions are worded in a certain way and you may not be used to these kinds of questions or the way in which they want you to think. And so by going through lots and lots and lots of questions, you begin to realize, oh, if I think in this way...
1: Yeah, you have a a better chance to answer the question if that's the the way that they ask them, you know, so...
0: Yeah. So again, if you're going to study for something, uh, do it early. Find out when you have to have your test done by because maybe there's a, a work deadline... Maybe there is a certification deadline. Maybe they're going to change the cert pretty soon. You have like six months. That may be just enough time for you to study, take the test, and pass, but you need to be aware of these kinds of things. And so when you create your study plan, you want to make sure that you have enough time to be able to learn the material, take the test, and actually pass that. And then don't push it out so far that you give up on the whole thing. And the other thing I would recommend doing if you can do this is schedule the test. You know, study for a few weeks, kind of get an idea of how long you think it's going to take. If it's going to be hard, maybe you say, okay, I was going to do two months, but let's do three. Um, I would not study for something longer than four months. Uh, I have done that and it had, and it, it. um,
1: It Makes you resentful and you don't want to take the test and you're burned out. and Exactly. Exactly. You study forever and then after a while you just can't get into the material. Trust me, i done that.
0: <laughs> yeah, and, and if you make it to four or five months, then you you realize, hey, I haven't studied for a week. Because you kind of get this in, in your head that, hey, I have four months, what's the what's the big deal about not studying for a week? That's going to kill you. So I would suggest try to shoot for something like three months at the most and uh, start your studying, figure out how long you, you think it's going to take you. Schedule a test. Usually what you can do if it's, a, if it's a computerized test, some are not. Those are proctored and you have to go when they tell you to go. Um, but if it's computerized, you should be able to schedule it. And then if there's something that comes up and you feel like, oh, I'm not ready, i got to push it back out again, you can do that. And you have like a couple of days ahead that you can go back in and, and push it out another you know month or so or whatever the case may be. Um, I wouldn't necessarily do a month. I would do maybe like a couple of weeks. Give yourself time to, to catch up and then, you know, at some point, just go take it.
1: Yeah. And while you want to take a look at the material and see, you know, how much time you think that it will take you to get through it, you know, depending on how you learn and what have you, um, don't underestimate that half hour every day because the the knowledge will build in. And I think sometimes even absorbing the material in small increments will really help. And, you know, for me on days that I was feeling really good and I was like, oh, I truly understand this. I went longer than a half an hour and that really kind of helped me. So other days it's going to be the half hour will be tough, you know, but um, but it is good to get it out first thing in the morning. And that way, if you don't get a chance and things get in the way throughout your day, at least your study has been done. And, you know, it's like anything else. Yeah,
0: but I think that's it for now. If you have any comments or questions, you can send us an email at support at section 9.us. If you haven't subscribed to our show, please do so. And thanks for listening.
1: Thank you for listening.